This is Dr. Rahi, and you're listening to The Treatment, your source for all things health, wellness, and beauty. If you like what you have heard in today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Hi, I'm here with my favorite, Dr. Kwok. Guys. How are I'm, you? I'm great. I'm very excited to be here. I wanted to talk to you today about the newest aesthetic treatments and some of oh. your favorite aesthetic treatments. Ooh, that, that gets down a lot of rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of rabbit holes. <laughs> I love it. But I feel like you're always doing the newest things. I try. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, I'm getting to the age group where I'm like trying to fight. <laughs> fight hard. Too, yeah. Because it's like over the hill. It's very close to being at the downhill side. But you look great. So, so I, thank you. That's why I trust you. A good way to gauge your providers how they present themselves. That's just I the mean, industry we're in. I mean, at the end of the day, I think if you believe in what you do, you should do it. Right. Like, to me, when I go out there and I do trainings and I see aesthetic providers that don't do There's anything, so many. It's so I'm just weird. like, why? And then the, the, then there's the opposite ones that we do too much. Right. And then there's like in the middle where like it's just done naturally yes. and it's done perfectly. Yes. Right. At the end of the day, you just have to, you just have to believe and do what you believe what you love. That's what I, I do that all the time. I actually just got my lips done last night and I did an eye session today. <laughs> Very nice. Right before I came here. <laughs> and I just literally just did a, uh, I guess you could say it's like a, what do they call it? The microtoxin-ish or mesotherapy-ish. Mesotherapy. It's like mesotherapy. Um, yeah, with a more Korean brand, not FDA approved here, but I'm playing around with that's it okay. because my Asians are already doing it. So, I mean, there are yeah. a lot of Asian clinics in California that are already using these just, things. It's just, you know, it's part of what they do in Asia. You know, we're, we're slow here in the U.S. And so they, they, the U.S. government just has too many regulations. And I get it. Like, but the thing is, there should be some reciprocity if it's approved there that you should get fast-tracked and you don't need to go through the whole kit and caboodle of everything again. I think uh-huh. you can jump from a certain level of standard. You know, there's certain countries you may be like, okay, yeah. there's a little bit more rigorous right. things, but certain countries like South Korea so really reciprocity. I like trust so, all the aesthetics I, that come out of there. I yeah. well, not all of them. Not probably all. probably a good eighty percent. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, you have to remember a lot of Asian things is trending. So when I sit back and I look at the, my patients who come back and forth from Asia, it's more about sitting there and, okay, I'm watching you, I'm seeing you, I'm hearing it, and then waiting six months out to see if it really is a trend oh. or if it really is long-lasting because that's the thing is really, really understanding. Like threads is one of those things. I heard it 10, 12 years ago, and actually my nurse, uh, my nurse practitioner here is from Korea and she actually worked in aesthetics in Korea wow. and she was saying that when Korea actually first got uh, the threat which is back in 2003 2004 they were actually getting from Russia wow yes that's so cool <laughs> and then they started changing them up and developing so them ones need... that were better for Asian thicker skin and all of that stuff because right. the Russians have thinner skin and they don't need as much robustness to lift up and then that's how fast forward now we have the Korean threads, which are a lot more robust and a lot more, They're you amazing. know, lifting in that sense. And so I think that that's the evolution. But back then, 
10, 12 years ago, I was like, oh, threads, really? And they're like sticking these things and supposed to do something. I'm like, oh, okay, I would sit back and watch, but it kept going and kept going and kept going. And so here we are. And now we finally have them here in the US. So ultimately, I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you have to follow those countries that are into beauty more so. Um, and see whether it is a trend or whether it's actually kind of here to stay. Okay. So, um, what countries are, you think, are like the forefront of the aesthetics industry right now? I mean, South Korea. South Korea. South yeah. Korea. I mean, okay. the amount of surgeries that they do and the, I mean, the work that they do is beautiful. I mean, you have to go to the right people, of course. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be bad ones. Right. But I think the, the level of aesthetics and beauty is by far um, taken away by South Korea. I mean, the Chinese are going to South Korea. They Japanese. grab the South Koreans to go into China right. to do stuff. And so it really is. But the whole Asian community from China, Taiwan, Japan, they all focus on South Korea as I think, their, their go-to place. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. What is the... the worst trend you've seen during your time <laughs> oh god i honestly honestly i don't know what is the worst trend but i mean you hear it and you and what it is is i don't actually see what it is i just hear it because you know patients describe it but really bad with my chance. <laughs> so i have to get a translator to translate I'm like okay that just sounds like they did that and mixed it with that and you know um, but you know, just like trendiness and like chins and like the noses and stuff like that, you know, I think yeah. it's changed kind of lips here. Yeah. Big people wanted the big ducky lips and no, now we I don't, s- no, those no, lips are, those are awful. But they, they, they wanted those right, because they so looked at it and this is like a five year ago trend. Right. They wanted it. Now yeah. we understand a lot more of that naturalness. People are doing it differently and we're able to get different results. But I still encounter people who get ducky lips and they're okay with it. And oh. I say, do you see yourself? And no I have to take pictures from the sides and then I'm showing them. But, you know, that's the trend in that aspect of it. The Asian trend, actually, it's always been a V-shape, but they took it a little to the next level. Like the chins had to be so pointy. No. That they literally pointed out the like face. I don't like that. I've seen that too. But, I mean, that, that was a, that's a trend. I mean, <laughs> so, okay. I mean, yeah. o- overall, I think the trends are going to be plus minus. And I, I, I sit back and I watch and you see what goes on because the ones that stay are, are the ones that you should kind of pay attention to and figure out what's going on and why we're doing Right. So, so today you did a mesotherapy treatment. So mesotherapy. Like a bunch of different needles that, that go just, she just took a 32 gauge and intradermally, boop, 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 and she didn't How many bruise pokes? me. <laughs> you count them, I think it's like a thousand pokes. I know. I actually ended up having to do pronox because I was like, this hurts way too much. I would have been um, numbed, pronox, I numbed, and I know. Oh, you know. Oh, it, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're, the certain product that we use is a salmon DNA. Salmon DNA. And supposedly, that's supposed to like help your skin glow. Is it because of all the amigas? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just the DNA, so yeah. I don't really know. I, I still have to do some research on it. I'll try it. <laughs> is the Koreans from Korea. Yeah. And also exosomes, which I want to talk about. Yes, exosomes. We mix them with the exosomes and we inject that too. So. Wow. 
I'm getting the treatment. Is that the first time you've done this specific treatment? Yes. It's the first time I've done this specific treatment. <laughs> but you've done exosomes before. I've done exosomes, but not actually intradermally. How have you it's done More that? just microneedling, microneedling RF after that, CO2s. Uh, uh, I love it with microneedling. I think it works, with you, works beautifully yeah. with that. Um, that actually, after doing, starting that, my patients I did, started commenting how my skin actually looked even better. I mean, is so, it possible to have better skin than yours? My skin sucks. No, it doesn't. Oh, it totally does. <laughs> no, it does no. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Maybe I'm just. I'm like, no. <laughs> but I mean, I do my combination, as you know, I do my lasers, I do um, my kneeling, so. All the time. I mean, How often? I probably do it every, if I can, every two to three weeks. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'll. You gotta be on top of it. You have to be on top of it. It's kind of like weight loss. You gotta be on top of it. You, you want to be in a game, you know, if you want a six pack. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, skin is the same way. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we look at collagen production, we produce 1% less per year of life. By age of 45, it's 25% less collagen production that we have. So, I mean, we know it because you cut yourself and you're like, that's not gonna be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> at 45. Um, when you're 20, you could cut yourself and like, eh, that'll fill up in a day or two. Right. And so people don't realize that you are aging and there are things that you need. And I think my new thing is skin. I think not that it's a new thing, but a new push on my patients is to really work on skin. Yes. And that's how it looks natural too. I mean, my, my thing, and I did this, um, I was talking with uh, Silver, actually. They were, Which is something else I want to talk about. They were interviewing me and they were asking, like, how do you explain it? And I tell patients, your skin is like a sphinx when it's super young. Think of it like a sphinx. Oh. It holds things in place where they should be. I love that. And as you get older. I'm going to use that. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it literally just stretches out. Yeah. So things are not held in the same place. If you have a really old sphinx, I mean, you try to you put that on, it's like that bulge still doesn't get pushed into the right place. Yeah. And patients get overfilled because they keep chasing after feeling, feeling when it's the sphinx that just needs to get tightened back up. Yeah. And I think that's that last, I don't know, that last whipped cream cherry on top that people don't focus on. Right. Because... It takes effort to do that, and yeah. it's not a one and done. No, um, it takes time. Like yeah. even a CO two laser, I think it can make your skin look great, but that tightening effect still doesn't get to that level. It resurfaces and takes off that top layer, but that deeper tightening effect from the fibroblastic activity really doesn't occur. I think the microneedling rare frequencies are now taking it more into that level where you're right. changing the quality of skin, but you're actually getting the tightening effect. So. Yeah, and so now there's Silfirm, because mm-hmm. I, had, I had the Morpheus and I was obsessed with it, and I still am, but now there's the Silfirm. You know, the Morpheus is actually Fractora. Yes. And Fractora, I had way long ago, was, mm-hmm. and then they, all they did was just repackage it and brand it into uh-huh. a nice little package. They didn't do anything different to the technology. Okay. Um, not to... Speak better about company, but in mode, oh, I think fine. in mode, I think is going to be the next is the next sign of sure. So if you look at the industry, 
I mean, I don't when own you, anything from Sinusure, oh. so tell me about Sinusure. <laughs> so, in the industry of lasers, yeah. if you've been around long enough, Sinusure is just one that markets well because Mulholland is behind it, and it's literally just like throwing um, right. people to throw money at it just because there's a name behind it, but the machines actually kind of suck. Yeah. Really kind of suck. Yeah. There's nothing behind it. Yeah. Um, in mode is kind that way. It's I heading did, that way. I bought stuff early, early yeah. on in their beta and they didn't want to admit it and um, their stuff kept breaking on me and I kept saying stuff and like, hey, what's going on? And I bought a couple of machines from them. Yeah. Um, and those machines are cheap. And they're not cheap. They're like and, hundreds of thousands. And they would break down on me and it's like, hello, what's going on? I know it's break. It's your casing's breaking, but I'm doing it. And it's just like, after a while, they just like, eh, whatever, and they move, they just like, you're being bothersome and stuff like that. That's not good. Yeah. No, so ultimately, that tells me as a company that you don't stand behind your product. That's true. Um, you don't stand behind your customers. Ultimately. <laughs> and so I told, you know, InMode reps come around now, and they've no. changed it a little bit, but it's all... Um, a mask of marketing. It's so aggressive. It's done a really aggressive job, which is what Sinoshirt was doing probably yeah. uh, probably four or five years ago yeah. until they hit uh, a peak and then everyone realized it and probably started to drop it. But InMode has kind of taken that place mm -hmm. of being kind of that bully-ish kind of market really, really well yeah. and, and really not having the greatest treatments. Uh, Morpheus is fine. I think it's great. It's okay. Um, but they don't train you. And I think a lot of people that out there, when it comes to skin, you guys have to realize that these companies, when they send a trainer out to you, the trainer is there to just teach you how to use the machine. Mm -hmm. They're not training you how to use the machine to get certain results for this and for different skin colors and skin colors and ages. And ages. Mm -hmm. They just say, okay, do this and this, and everyone has a prescription. Well, that's not mm -hmm. what that should be. Mm -hmm. I come from the laser realm when 2004, that's what we had. We had one filler, one Botox. So we, we had to play with the lasers and really understand what it did on skin and really adjust levels and really play with it based off ethnicities yeah. and all that stuff. And I think that's been an art that's been lost because everyone's gotten into this aesthetic world like, I want to do Botox, I want to do fillers, I want to do threads because they see these immediate things and the art of really working on skin quality has been lost. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I'm actually starting to see a lot of, uh, I've seen now a couple or two or three patients who've gotten Morpheuses and now they look saggier. No way. Yeah, because people are going too deep. I mean, you, you, they tout, oh, I can go five millimeters. Well, what's at five millimeters? Mm -hmm. Fat. Mm -hmm. You don't want to melt too so much. So you're it. melting fat. Why yeah. would you ever want to melt superficial fat? Unless you're really round and you're young at 22 mm -hmm. and you can manage a little bit of fat loss to slim down the face, nobody in their 40s should be melting fat. If anything, you should be adding volume back up to the face. If you don't add volume and you melt their fat, guess what they're gonna get? They're gonna get droopy. Yeah, maybe their skin got a little bit tighter, but that's like moving three steps forward and then moving two and a half steps back okay. because you killed fat. Yeah. And that's where people don't understand these things can have a big impact. Like my patient now has a saggy, creepy neck that looks no. like a 60 year old neck and she's only in her 40s. 
And this is where you guys don't understand what you guys are doing. I mean, Othera, same thing. People buy the Othera. Well, it goes four and a half million years into the tissue. Their focus is the SMAS layer. Well, the SMAS and the and that superficial fat layer are right next to each other. So if you're not watching carefully what level you're going to hit, you're going to hit more fat than actually SMAS, and you're going to lose the tightening of that. Okay. And then what's going to happen? That superficial fat pad drops, mm-hmm. and then you get saggy skin. Yeah. So people need to understand what layer of tissue you are hitting and what yeah. it's for. So you go back to the why. Why are you doing it? What's at that level? Why are you hitting this level? Why are you hitting this level? Does it make sense to go four millimeters into tissue? It shouldn't, because at the end of the day, that's where subcutaneous is. How thick is your skin? And it is only two millimeters thick. Right. So why are you guys going three and a half, four millimeters? Right. There is no need. Right. Not unless there is a purpose of you trying to contour face because they have a rounder baby fat face and they don't want that baby fat. That's for your 20-year-old, maybe 30-year-olds. Right. But as you get in your 40s, 50s, 60s, it should never be focused on that. Level. No. Yeah. Okay. So this is where I think people don't spend time to understand the technologies they have and the reasons why. They get a trainer in, the trainer trains you. Well, their job is just to train you on how to just stamp and turn the machine on and do that. That's That's all it is. Yeah. Literally, they don't know what they're doing, um, honestly. Yeah. Um, My my partner has a CO2 laser that she got from a certain company, and Mm -hmm. she got new new uh, new staff in, a a nurse practitioner and our nurse, and so she wanted the company to come out and train them. Well, the nurse is like, okay, I've been experienced with this laser, came out, trained them. Um, and was putting these settings and she had, my partner has a scar on her hand, a small little thin scar. And she's like, okay, I want you to treat it. Um, how would you treat it? Asking the trainer, um, I don't want too much downtime, blah, blah, blah. So the trainer puts the settings on and my partner's like, that seems really hot. Are you sure? And the trainer's like, yeah, I've been doing it. I do this all the time. And she proceeded to do it. Oh no. First two pulses blasted her skin. Blasted her skin. On top of that, it missed the scar. So this tells you the trainers out there are sometimes not that good. They're just training you how to use a machine. They're not training you on how to adjust the machine to do different things that are needed. And so this is where the industry needs to step up and people who are buying these machines really need to step up and learn what they're doing and why they're doing it. I agree. So... Let's talk about the sulfur and why that radiofrequency with microneedling is it more advanced and more effective <laughs> and how you use it. I mean, I use it for skin tightening. I mean, I definitely see the immediate skin tightening aspect of it, and that's why I liked it, and that's why I bought it. Because um, I do have other companies. I have Mokalachi, I have Virtue, I have other How many machines do you have? In total, or just my, microneedling radio frequencies? Mm. <laughs> microneedling and radio frequency, and then in total. Uh, I mean, pretty much. I think we have. I think we have between the clinics probably five or six microneedling RFs. Nice. Between the clinics and machines. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That must be fun. <laughs> Very expensive things. You can don't realize how expensive they are. No, I, yeah, well, I know, but yeah. I guess. 
generally people don't know how expensive these machines are. But Silphrum is great. I mean, Silphrum is created by Dr. Dr. Knopf, who is the grandfather. I could say he's the godfather Godfather. of Micronium RF technology. He spent time really researching and understanding RF technology. Um, And so when you're looking at one, what the difference is, I mean, so for one of the biggest is it has that pulse wave and continuous wave. Mm-hmm. So the majority, all the machines out there are all continuous wave. It just is more for skin tank. Pulse wave is for dermal remodeling, dermal, dermal aspects of it, including melasma, um, rosacea, telecutaceous, those type of treatments right. you can see improvements on hypopigmentation. So he has this whole theory about it, which actually all makes sense, working on remodeling that basement membrane level so yeah. that when the basement membrane heals up you have uh you've kind of fixed the foundational network of your skin um and so that kind of was an intriguing thought pattern that you have continuous and pulse wave and his machine at this point in time is the only one that has pulse wave for the marketplace wow. um the second wow. thing would be that it has a non-insulated tip Yes. Every other company has an insulated tip, right. which means it forces the energy down into the bottom. Well, if you're forcing all the energy into the bottom, that means you get a excessive amount of heat at that one specific area right. versus when we do it with the silver, it is a, a complete non-insulated tip, which means you get that gnaw effect. So you get tightening the gnaw heat. Effect. You get heat in a teardrop form where it is focused on the bottom that you get this mm-hmm. coagulation aspect of it, but you're not getting destruction of tissue. Yeah. Because if you get beyond a certain amount, and he d- documented in his research, if you get beyond a certain amount, which I think he said was three, 300 milliseconds, 400 milliseconds, and you put too much energy over that time frame, you actually get more than coagulation. You get probably necrosis in between the tips. You don't want that. And you don't want that because skin you're getting more death, and so then your skin takes more time to repair instead of actually having healthy tissue to actually start the repair process. Kind of like the the advent of CO two lasers, where we have fractional instead of ablative, fractional allowed certain amounts of tissue to stay healthy right. so it could heal up. So when you're doing that, you get this actual improvement in the the amount of energy that's delivered, so you don't get as much damage, you get the control damage that you're looking for without going excessive. It's kind of like you work out, you worked out eight hours, well, you, you, it's good that you worked out eight hours, but you <laughs> almost burn your body and yeah. it doesn't allow you to actually recover mm-hmm. to, uh, to that point. And so that's one of the other things that I like about it, that, you know, because it is that gnaw effect, you actually get tightening through all layers. And so your treatment times are actually faster. And it hurts less. Yes, it hurts less. Because, that's important. Well, it hurts less because you're able to control the amount of energy that's distributed through the whole tissue instead of it focused into one area. Right. Uh, and so by doing that, you actually get better tightening to me throughout the different tissue layers instead of just in one layer. Right. Because I'm sure when you do your morpheuses, you have to do layer by layer by layer. Yes. So you spend time doing one pass. Yes. Then you do a second pass. Yes. And then you do a third pass. This one pass already gets all the layers. All those layers because it's Love nice it. layer. I need this machine. Um, <laughs> ASAP. The third thing, and this is goes into more the technology of the RF, is RF is a sine wave. 
if you really look into what RF technology, RF is as an energy, it's a sine wave. And so it's electrical energy. It's electrical energy that pushed out as a sign. Yeah, and it's not a laser because people always call yes, it a laser. It's not a laser, but I, laser and even IPLs are not lasers. Right. So light. I mean, there's, it's a light-based yeah. type of a treatment. But RF is a sine wave energy um, that gets pushed out. When you look at a virtue, a Morpheus, all of these other technologies out there, the actual sine wave is actually not a consistent sine wave. It's actually an erratic sine wave. That's not good. And when you get this erratic nature, what happens is each pulse that you put in is not consistent amount of energy. And so when you have that, you actually can put too much energy in this pulse, too little energy in this pulse, and that's why you may get inconsistent results throughout a patient's face doing the treatments that you're doing. And so when you have a clean technology, you're guaranteed that what energy you're putting in there is going to be consistent pulses every single day. That to me is important because that is what we talk about in lasers. When you're looking at lasers, what's the clarity of the beam and stuff like that? Yeah. Is it a top and how energy is consistently put out there? Because ultimately there are a lot of lasers that say, oh, we have really high peak powers. Well, peak powers are great, but if you are that if that laser is more like a sprinter, you get peak power and then you drop off and yeah. the rest of the treatment, it really sucks because you don't have the same power because it actually doesn't reach that level of power that they say they do. They just right. say they have really peak powers. But these are the hardest things when you're really delving into lasers and figuring out which is a great laser for me, what do I use, blah, blah, blah. Um, lots of technology that you really need to understand in regards to. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> Lots. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> All I know is I need to get silver. That's, that's what I know for sure. So for, for sure. And I love that um, you can go all the way to the tip of the eyelashes. Oh, yeah. And all the way to the top, yep. which is, I've never seen any other machine on the market do that. So this is like a huge concern for people in the area oh, that say the eyes. And so I actually had it done and I am the worst with pain and I could tolerate it. And we did it numb me. What? Yes, and wow. I'm not really bad with pain. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's Remember when good. you did to my nose? Yes. <laughs> Injecting the line of cane <laughs> was not very pretty. <laughs> I, I cried. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> and screamed. <laughs> but that's surprising. Then that means that it's uh, actually decently comfortable for you. Then. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that's... That's what it's about. Comfort. And that's why I think the so firm to me is... Is gold standard right now in my it book. Is the gold when it comes right to making music, I think so too. Yeah, it's gonna take over the world by storm. Yeah, let them know. <laughs> you can get, a, you can try to get a Dr. Pop discount. <laughs> can I, can I get your discount? <laughs> I can tell them too. Yeah, it's clicking ten right now. <laughs> We're gonna hear with Dr. Pop. We need this discount. Okay, can we talk about exosomes? Sure. But let's go to the basics. What are exosomes? So exosomes are essentially the messages, you can say, inside a stem cell. Okay. So the interleukins, the cytokines, blah, 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 they're all messages inside a stem cell. And what we do is we break apart the stem cells and we collect all that messaging. So they're really that's what, peptides, um, amino acids, and stuff like that, proteins in the sense, um, that actually have paracrine type of effects. They kind of float down and they tell the cells to do this and this and this. 
kind of like a CEO having, you know, sitting at the top, which is the stem cell, uh, but they're sending out their messages, whether it's a voice message or an email or whatever, and they That's literally a great way to start it. to actually cause things to happen downstream from yeah. That's so, a great way to explain it. <laughs> so that's kind of what exosomes are. Um, my biggest love of them is the fact that they start that anti-inflammatory process. Right away. I mean, immediately. And that's what I love about using it. Um, I stopped using PRP, a lot of PRP yeah. because of that. I've I heard mean, that it's a great PRP, PRP is pro-inflammatory. Like, you inject it, it, it hurts. It, what, it can burn. And then second thing is that you get swollen and red. You can get which swollen. is pro, pro inflammatory. Yeah. Because PRP is pro inflammatory. Um, the, uh, the third thing is when you're drawing PRP, it's inconsistent. Right. You maybe. don't know what you're drawing out at that, mm-hmm. specific, at that specific time. Right. With regards to exosomes, you know, because these companies are producing it, you know, for the most part, you're getting a certain amount of exosomes that are put into thing. Um, the one from them are great because they add it with their own. Um, conditioned media, which is growth factors and all these other yeah. things that are really, really great into it. So the combination works even better. Um, and it's simple, it's topical and stuff like that. Right. Um, Have you used it for hair regrowth yet? Or? I played it, started to play with it. I haven't played around because I don't have that many patients that have asked about hair. Really? I don't have Interesting. too many. Okay. Um, we don't market. I had some patients, but that was more PRP when we were doing it. But in that sense, when I was doing that, I actually started bringing amniotic fluid and actual yield stem cells and exosomes from that aspect of it. And those definitely made a big difference, a big jump to that aspect of it. So, differences is, you know, if you're using um, certain exosomes that are more topical, they're FDA clear there's no really FDA guidance when you say topical when you start to get into the wellness aspect the regenerative that you can the do IVs and injections that gets into not a lot more of a stickier situation right. with regards to the FDA they kinda could I hit they'll leave practitioners alone as you know as long as you don't claim it. No okay. claiming that it'll heal this and heal this and heal this. You can claim wellness and you know well being and all of that stuff. Underground, you can tell your patients when you're consulting that you have history with this and blah blah blah. You know, you can pull out documentation of studies that have been done for MS and autoimmune diseases and all these other stuff. There are studies that you can cite and stuff like that. So you're not claiming anything, you're just based on what studies are going on there. So, have you tried the IV exosomes yourself? Of course. Of course. What what differences have you noticed? Um, well, the block though. Yeah. That's good. Great. Um, and it's, I mean, the ones that I got, they've been, they've actually done studies on the back end, at, like in the Mayo Clinic or Rochester and stuff like that, where they actually did take people off the ventilator once they started getting it. Wow. Because it's, it's anti inflammatory. It goes straight into the lungs and you decrease inflammation. What is COVID? It's, it's an inflammatory response. It is. It's what is a, it causes your platelets to clot. It causes all these inflammatory yes. things. You put in something that stops inflammation right in the track. You stop it from actually progressing. Yeah. So I actually was doing that every three months during COVID. 
Yes, that's why you stayed so healthy. I did get COVID, but I wasn't injecting exosomes. But I was taking lots of vitamin D and vitamin C. So I was actually fine. When I was when I had COVID, I was working out every single day. I mean, I quarantined, but I worked out every single day, and I made it like a, a very like it was very important to me. Yeah, that you're healthy. You're healthy. You you do take your supplements and all those yeah. things that add to the health status of what you where you are. You know, people. Out there, unfortunately, don't take care of themselves. Yeah, they're putting yeah. themselves at a little at more risk with regards to that. But anti-inflammatory are kind of where it's at. So that's where exosomes, I think, really, really will take us into the future with regards to that. We still don't know enough about it, but we know that it can do a decent amount of things. And so there's still there exosomes. It still doesn't take the place of stem cells, and that's a whole other ballgame in that aspect. Of that. Right, but. I think exosomes is a nice, simple way that it's not a natural cell, which is what people are afraid of, that right. DNA and blah, blah, blah. It's literally, you take that cell, you break it apart, and you're collecting the material inside that has no DNA tagging. There's no antigenic aspects to it. And so it's clean in that sense. Yeah, and the, and the exosomes that um, are available here are highly tested, especially the yes. ones from Venom. Yes, they test them really, really nicely. And so there's... there's I mean, the ones that they, they get are from fat, and they're multiple... From, like, 20-year-olds or something. Yeah. There are multiple, multiple areas that you can get that um, exosomes from. I mean, stem cells you can get from bone marrow, you can get them from fat, you can get them from amniotic, mm-hmm. you just warm the jelly. There's a lot of different areas that you can get um, stem cells and exosomes from. I think they're still figuring out if it comes from one area versus the other, if there is a huge difference in response and what the treatments will do. That's more research coming up. I'm excited. I need some racism <laughs> infusions ASAP. But it's it's you know, where do I get those? <laughs> those are going to be from different laboratories out there. Yeah. I mean the hardest thing for me is figuring out which is a credible one. And then besides that is you become in these little small vials. Like how do you know that there's what they say there is in there? Because you're not going to send it into a lab and testing it. That can cost you thousands of dollars to just do testing. Mm-hmm. So the industry is still in that wacky wild wild I mean, wild wild west stage of it. And so I'm still wading through the waters. I'm just lucky that one that I get from is a good friend of mine. So her husband started doing jumping into the exosomes thing so world probably like eight nine years ago. So wow. I'm lucky that I can trust them that they're not yeah. going to necessarily screw me over yeah. and they have decent products. Um, and so that's where I've been going at this point in time. But then my 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 net is cast more open now that I'm in the field a little bit more. I'm starting to do more research and yeah. starting to reach out to different companies and ask. Mm-hmm. Suppose like nice. so I hear there's a study that should be coming out soon that um, somebody's done where they've taken different companies that are the top suppose the stem cell exosomes and mm-hmm. kind of done their own laboratory research and, and you'll see the criteria how the quality is going to change. So, um, so please share it to, to send it to me so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to get on the exosomes yes. thing. I mean, I've started using it for my patients. I haven't used it for myself yet. For just topical? Topical. 
Or with like microneedling. Because I still do microneedling. Yeah. I love it. No, it's great. It's like, I'll always do microneedling. Even even if I have like the fanciest microneedling RF machine, I'll still do microneedling. And after microneedling RF, do exosomes. After yeah. CO2 lasers, do exosomes. Anything that you're puncturing through the skin, you should put exosomes. If you get burned, it kills it. Yes. I mean, it so burns. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's what it is, anti-inflammatory. I mean, if you think about it, what we're doing is we're creating inflammation by any of the treatments that we're doing. A burn is inflammation. You put something that's anti-inflammatory, guess what? You stop it from inflaming, and then now the body can start the healing process. I hope they start using it in burn units. They are. I think they are. They they do unit use it in, um, they're starting to use more in stem cells in those areas. You're, yeah. you're seeing wound healing things that are actually stem cells and stuff like that. So they are, it's just expensive at this point in time. People need to look at yeah. more the research that they've done. Yeah. So, yeah, I used to work in a burn unit when I was in residency well, during the rotation. I think it's definitely getting there. From what I see. <laughs> What's your favorite treatment to perform these days? Because I know you offer like so many different things, threads and machines and filler and toxins. Me, honestly, it's, it's actually having a patient who lets you do the combination. You know, yeah. I really talk about with my patient that there is no one magic wand that I can do that will help every single layer of your face's aging process. Because you have the bone, you have a deep fat pad, you have the muscle, superficial, and your skin. If you categorizing that simple aspect of it. We have fillers to replace the bone and the deep fat fat loss. Then we have our um, toxins to address the muscles. Um, then we have our threads and a little bit of fillers uh, to address that superficial fat pad. And then skin, you have your injectable biostimulators and then you have your lasers and micronealing RFs and microneedlings to address that layer. So there's no one category yeah. that is there and I think patients need to be more open-minded that it's not a one-and-done thing it's like right. I'm going to do fillers on you this week and then maybe next month save a budget and we're going to do something on your skin mm -hmm. and then in a couple months maybe we'll do some thread to pull you back up right. and reposition the fat that's for the age I think it's a multifactorial thing it's kind of like when you buy a car and you need to take care of it it's not like I go into get a service and they just change my oil They'll rotate your tires, they check the brakes, they check different things because there's a lot of moving parts to right. it. Your face has a lot of moving parts and I think people have to understand that in this day and age, if you want to stay natural looking and yeah. age gracefully, you need to let me work on all different yeah. levels and work in a beautiful position that we have all these different things to address all these different layers. But you have to let me be able to do that. Yeah. So it comes down to being able to trust the person that you work with. And mm -hmm. so I think that's the name of the game now in my book is it's not one of the things. It's more what combination is going to work well for you and where you are in your aging status and aging process and what your expectations are. Everyone's expectations are going to be still different. But, um, you know, I, I think if you address different levels, you don't necessarily need to focus. And I tell my patient, if I'm doing your fillers in this area, the next time I see you, I don't necessarily do it in that same area. I may be doing other areas because 
that area still looks good and it's something else that's changing that's creating that sagginess and stuff like that that right. we may need to do something different so i think patients need to get away from the obsession of oh well you did that last time i looked really good you do the same thing well no. that doesn't apply here because the aging process happens over the whole face yeah and that's more of the conversation that needs to be and i think practitioners need to take responsibility to learn about the aging phase, do your cadaver lab to understand what's going on in the aging process and, and then kind of rework it in the re-engineering in a backwards manner right. to reverse aging. Yes. I like that. Have you gotten into peptides? Not into them. Slowly learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another them. thing. Yeah. That's another like regenerative thing. That's another regenerative thing. There's so things. many things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So last question. Can you tell me your skincare routine? I don't have one. Stop it. I, I knew you were going to say that because I feel like I've asked you this before. <laughs> I, you don't do anything? I, you I, don't do anything? You don't wash your face? I wash my face <laughs> with a salad salad. I still go back to the old Obaji, which I still love. Not the Zo. Not the Zio, okay. Um, okay. but the Obaji Obaji. Is it still on the market? It's still on the market. Um, so I still use their um, cleansoderm system, but I just use their wash, which is salicylic. I love it um, because I have a little bit more of an oilier skin base. Yeah. That's it? That's all. I don't, I don't, I don't, an answer. I don't even use <laughs> sunscreen. Why? Because I can fix all my damage. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. most I mean, people aren't as lucky to have like 50 machines yes. at their disposal. I mean, I, I, you know, <laughs> ultimately, yes, that is very, very true. That's why I say don't do as I do, do as I say. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the sunscreen, physical sunscreen is important for, for most patients. Um, I think something is as a nice moisturizer. Is, is nice every so often. You know, there's so many different things out there. You don't use retinols? I don't. There's oh. no need when I'm doing my Hollywood peels. When you're doing like, the, so uh, tell me about the Hollywood peel. The Hollywood peel is just a Q-switch laser and you put carbon and it literally takes off the top layer of skin. So I'm getting and a, you do that a micro laser for every two to three weeks. Three, three, four weeks? Three, I need to try one of those. It's amazing. Like, you, you do it, and my female patients are like, oh my god, my makeup was going so smooth the next day. Your face just feels soft, baby soft. It's smooth. And so now, my biggest thing is I do a Hollywood peel, and then I follow it up right away with a micro needle of Enzozoms. Same day. Same, right after each other. Wow. So I do my laser, which has no downtime, because the Hollywood has no downtime, and then I follow up with a micro needle of Enzozoms. You do that every two to three weeks. I try to do that every two to three weeks. I probably end so up that's just two, three, four, every four, four weeks yeah. or so. Uh, but I mean, honestly, having added the little micronine with exosomes, everyone has just said, even my patients, like, what do you do different? Like, what are you using? Like, micronine with exosomes is really the only new thing. And it's. Micronine with exosomes. It really, really helped my skin glow. And remember, the exosomes, Benev has done studies outside the country, and they actually documented that there was a 600% increase in collagen production and a 300% increase in elastin production with the that. exosomes. So, I mean, why wouldn't you add extra stuff to it? It costs yeah, a little bit more, but you're already opening up the pores. You need stuff that goes in there and 
messages your fibroblast to start working even better. You're already doing some damage, which is going to start that process. Yeah. Now you're adding something that's going to increase that process even more. Like it's a no brainer in my mind. Wow. I learned so much. I play. I'm fighting as hard as I can here. You're going to be like 80 and you're still going to look the same. <laughs> I hope. That's my hope. 100%. And I'm just going to like just follow everything that you do. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. And they just call you up and be like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> um, thank you so much for taking the time because I know you're super busy. Of course. My but pleasure. I love it. I love learning about all the new things because it's really important. And I love sharing it because I mm. think that everyone wants to know. I know. I hopefully this is watched by everybody, you know, patients and practitioners because it's important on both sides. Hopefully we discuss both sides. I think so. I think we went mm. to both sides. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Bye guys. <laughs>